goodness. Taylor's singing uh, slightly greater than her boyfriend Travis is singing. Holy crap. Usually you just hear him do the fight for your right to party, which he did that as well. I've never heard him branch out to other songs, Bone. He might just want to stick to that one Beastie Boy song. That was rough. You know, his, <laughs> his brother is a great singer. His brothers, uh, well, was, yeah, they did a song a, together, both of them, right? They did a whole, yes. Well, the Jason Christmas Kelsey, song, yeah. Jason Kelsey did a whole Christmas album with his teammates in Philadelphia. <laughs> he's also per the Amazon documentary, he's got a singing background growing up. So Jason Kelsey can sing. Yeah, I just don't know if Travis was there for the lessons. Yeah, or else he just didn't care how it sounded. He just wanted to scream. You know, he just wanted to scream. There it was out. a there was a big difference back in watching Travis Kelsey scream and yell. While Jim Nance was conducting the interview. Jim Nance, you know, Mr. Professional, golfing Jim Nance. Are you going to go out there and party tonight? Oh, yeah. Jim Nance, was, was his, he was his Stockton to, to his mailman. He was setting him up to play all his hits right there. And uh, Taylor looked like, probably my wife looks like, or any, any of our ladies look like when we're making idiots out of ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, I love yeah. that man, but he's an idiot. You know what I mean? And uh, I got to tell you, I know I'm a cheese ball. It probably has a lot to do with my daughter, you know, being a Swifty and you know what I mean? Seeing that she's kind of excited by all this. But like, I dang, I dang near got emotional when they had that embrace. When they finally found each other and had that embrace. I know I'm a cheese ball. Take away my man card. I don't know if I still had it anyway. But I, I enjoyed that. They're in love, Bone. They're in love, and it makes me happy. It makes a lot of people happy, all right? So stop it with those attitudes out there, damn it. That wasn't just a win for the Chiefs. That was a win for romantics at heart. It was a win for love. Love won yesterday, all right? I don't know why so many of you are so mad by it. All right, anyway, let's focus here. Let's focus on the game itself yesterday. Bone, I mean, I guess the simple version of what happened yesterday and why the Chiefs won is they've got Pat Mahomes on their side, right? That's that's just a stripped-down, simple version. Although I do think the defense, those two holds to field goals late in that game were a very big part of that as well. And we said it all season, like, this had been the best defense a Mahomes team has ever had. It's probably been the worst offense, right, that they've ever had. But this defense played a role, too. But it's just, isn't it just, just like it used to be with Brady, like, the number one takeaway when these guys win Super Bowls is they got the ball back, and they are freaking badass, right? No matter what the scenario was. And, yeah, a couple times the, the Giants, you know, they got Brady, whatever. Yeah. But still, though, more times than not, the Jordans, the Montanas, the Bradys, it just always seems to fall in their favor. For Tom Brady a lot, Mac, it was – they did such great clock management that they'd always have like three timeouts and a two-minute warning. You're like, oh, this is, you know, they always seem to manage the clock well. But with Patrick Mahomes, it just seems to be that no one believes he's going to win more than that guy does. As I said in hour number one, the look on his face when the Niners were driving in overtime and they panned to him a couple times, he wasn't like walking around, you know, stressed. He had a look on his face, like smiling, almost like envisioning what was about to happen before it happened. It's almost like he knew no matter what these Niners do, they can score. We'll come down. We'll whatever. He knew. He knew before anyone else did. And we all kind of knew anyway. But he knew this is my football game. If it's close in these moments right now, I'm winning this. Yeah. No whether, doubt. It be, whether it be running, which was huge, passing. And you brought up the best point of all. Because they got the ball second, they, had to, they could use all four downs. When they got the possession. Yeah, I don't know if I brought that up on the air yet. No. But off the air, I brought. Did I bring that up? No, but uh, it, but I'm just saying, like they, the fact, yeah, we can talk about, it, but the Niners chose the ball first. 
So it was basic. They had to run their basic stuff. The Chiefs got the ball, and because of the scenario, they, they had to use all four downs. So the question is, does Shanny, does little Shanny, who, by the way, has blown double-digit leads in the Super Bowl twice as a head coach, obviously was involved in 28-3 to as an offense coordinator, and also in the NFC title game against the Rams – a couple years ago, they blew a double-digit lead as well. So, like, it, there's some blown blown leads in his legacy. That's a big part of is as sharp as Shan, little Shanny is. That's a part of his legacy, right? But anyway, yeah, does Kyle Shanahan deserve some blame for take? You know, it's the first time these postseason overtime rules have ever been used. So this is new. There's not a book out on this yet, and a lot of people have given little Shanny some heat. Because you allowed Mahomes and the Chiefs to know what they needed to do to win the game. They did they need a touchdown? Did they need a field goal? And yeah, that was my point to you before the show, Bone, was that when then all of a sudden you allow the team that has the ball second, they use all four downs. Right? Yes. Like until they get if they need a field goal, they use all four downs to get in field goal range. They need a touchdown, they use four downs the whole way down. So um I don't know. Did Shanahan screw up? I think I, I my guess would be that the defense was tired off the end of regulation, so maybe he was just trying to get by and give the defense a little bit of a rest there with going against Mahomes again, who was getting hot. But still, though, I, I think that you gave the Chiefs more opportunities in that spot to make plays. It, I, that was that was essentially to me the ball game right there. That was that was basically the well, ball game. Right well, there. that and the that, fact the defense got the red zone stop because yeah, if the yeah. defense doesn't get the red zone stop, Mahomes goes down and just ties the game. Right, well, we, we, so we, like, think, we think they tie the game, or they know, or they go for it. Unless they go for it. Some <laughs> people thought Little Shanny should have gone for it. Was it fourth and four inside yes, the ten? Fourth and four. Now he went for it earlier on a fourth and three, and it paid off, and they ended up scoring a touchdown. Um, this one though, then you make it so that Mahomes all he has to do is go down and kick a field goal. But well, that factors in not only the greatest quarterback going and Patrick Mahomes, but if all they needed was a field goal. Uh, one, two, three plays are in Butker range. But with that said, though, what did you think the percentage chances were that if you kick a field goal that Mahomes goes down and scores touchdown, they win? A hundred? Uh, yeah, so yeah, maybe, about that, yeah. So maybe they should have thought, okay, we playing. kick here, we lose, right? You got, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe he should have thought that way. I mean, but they got him into four down. Like, I, I, I don't know. They probably trusted their defense to make plays. I mean... Did you think Mahomes was going to go down and get a touchdown? Oh, of course I did. But like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Because if you, then if you get nothing on that possession, and then all they have to do is drive and kick a field goal. Common sense tells you to kick the field goal in most situations there, but I, there is a discussion to be had of you're not you're going against Mahomes yeah. though. You're not going against you know the average dude here. You're going against a guy that may be the best ever. That's what so I'm do saying. You just, do you just open up the window and throw your sense if, out of it? If, if it's an interesting discussion. If 100 percent of America thought, oh, they held you to a field goal, you are toast. Maybe he should have thought it. You know? Yeah. But I get it. It's not the conventional play. You know what I mean? And in that moment, do you want to do this ballsy thing where if you don't get it there, everybody's going to roast you? You know, I, yeah. I I definitely get it. I think Chris Jones deserves a lot of credit. I, he is a bad dude. Um, uh, and I thought he was heavily involved in getting the Niners off the field a bunch, including one of those third down stops. It was the big one, right? In overtime. It was. He had the pressure that, that forced the incompletion. I think he's a man child. Spagnolo dialing up blitzes for a D coordinator to have four Super Bowl titles with two different teams is absolutely amazing and historic. 
Um, I don't know. What, what do y'all think? Feel free to fire into text. Credit on the Chiefs. Are we not giving anybody credit? Andy Reid, I don't know how we don't give him credit, Bone. Uh, I mean, we are, but I don't think we've mentioned his name. Um, he is just an amazing offensive coach, and what a lethal combination he and Mahomes are. Now, McCaffrey, Mac had 80 yards rushing and receiving, but he only had 3.6 yards per carry, and it seemed like they always stopped McCaffrey at the right time, especially late, right? It felt like when they needed a big stop on him, he had a big catch. But it felt like yeah. whenever they needed a big stop on McCaffrey short yardage, seemed more times than not they got it late in the game as well. He didn't he didn't completely take over the football game. Yeah, no, it's which sounds weird because he had 160 total yards. Right, right. Um, I thought little Shanny again. I thought he made a mistake in the third quarter when the tide started to turn. I thought they went away from the run for some reason for like three straight series, and I didn't understand that at all. All of a sudden, you're going air purdy, and I'm not sure that's the way you want to play against a team with those cover guys, a team with the spag blitzes, and they they came up empty, I think, in all three of those series, Bone, John, where they ran it like only like twice or something. George Kittle, only two receptions for four yards. He got taken out of the game. He had one down the sidelines where Romo was talking about. He kind of ran maybe the wrong route to get it. Uh, am I not mistaken, Mac? Do we have a massive game, a Super Bowl in overtime where – a clean game by the referees in the NFL? That's what I'm saying. I was watching so, that game thinking to myself, are we going to get through this thing without some sort of controversy? Somebody earlier said the way they rig these games are the refs. The refs make a bad call that swings it. Well, where's that call last night, though? Like, if that's your conspiracy theory for last night. I thought the use like, check catch there, might be one we're going to talk about. Anything. The use, the use check catch where you kind of felt went to the ground. I thought, oh, here we go. Here's going to be one we debate. But no, nah, it didn't really look like it was the, the right call. Now, nah, I'm trying to find out here, Mac, how do we get a massive game? And we're not doing referee radio, It's crazy. Baby. It's shocking development. It really is. We are doing Brock Purdy game manager radio apparently now, though, because multiple texters have wanted to bring up Cam was right. Cam was right. Purdy game manager, Mahomes game changer. This texter says, this is what Cam was talking about. One quarterback was good enough to determine the outcome. The other played solid but wasn't good enough to win it on his own. Um, here's the thing. Yeah, you might be right. But, like, is there any shame in Pat Mahomes won the game? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, who is going to be the game changer Pat Mahomes is? Yeah, is every quarterback like, that he beats, is every quarterback that he beats now a game manager? Like, like Josh Allen Josh is? Josh Allen's not, Lamar, right? Like, those guys, like, no. when you go against Mahomes, more times than not, his numbers will be better, and you're probably going to lose the game. So, it doesn't mean that it's an indictment necessarily on the other quarterback. Everything. And I also thought, like, remember the KC defense shut down Allen in the fourth quarter. They shut him down. Obviously, Lamar had a very subpar game. Um, so, and I thought Purdy played solid. Flound? Are you buying all this Purdy criticism? I thought he. I thought he was. Oh, you're a big solid. Purdy hater. That's that's why. But I, ask I you did. That. I did think he missed a, a few throws that you got to have. There was one. Uh, what, I, I'm trying to remember what quarter it was. I think it was fourth. Wide open dude down the seam. Just just completely missed him. I mean, missed him by probably three or four yards over his head. He definitely he had a stretch there where he was like four or twelve at one point in the yeah, middle of the game, so, and then he kind of I mean, got going again late. I don't think he's great, but he's if, if you think he's the reason they lost last night, he he made plays last night. He that that was a game I would look back on and say he made me look pretty stupid because I thought he <laughs> I, I thought he played pretty well. I thought a lot of his incompletions. Yeah, he did miss a couple, but I thought a lot of the incompletions bone were Spags blitzes where he just was pressured and just threw it away or couldn't th- get the receipt, you know, couldn't couldn't throw it accurately or that threw sort off of his stuff. back foot a yeah, lot because he was pressured. And that's where you just got to tip your hat to the Chiefs defense and Spags, I think. 
It's the best defense they freaking had here in the Mahomes era. Yeah, think about the guys that Spag, the players, Matt, that he's messed up in previous Super Bowls. He got Tom Brady in 2007 rattled. Yeah, yeah. 2011 Tom Brady didn't do a that's ton a against point. him. So that's an all-time defensive quarter. Mac, for what Belichick was as a D.C. back in the day, though, was all, what a great defensive mind he was. Spags in this era has not a great head coach, but Spags has just been unreal as a defensive coordinator. Beat Brady twice and beat Shanahan teams twice. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. This guy says Shanahan's a choking dog. Mac was going down the right path. Yeah, it's 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 got to be mentioned as good as he Hey, JJ Jansen was talking about that. JJ said the other day, I want to see what Shanahan does if they have a lead. Because of, you know, what they've done, his teams he's been involved in blown leads in the Super Bowls now, double digit leads three times now. Like that's that's a that's a huge part bone of his narrative. As good as he is, does he do something when he gets a big lead? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like I, that, 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 that has got to be a part of his narrative. Uh, James from Maiden, we'll close this down, Bone, with a James from Maiden text that does not involve, oh. does not involve bashing the Tar Heels in, for once. Instead, it's bashing Tony Romo. James from Maiden says, my opinion on the Super Bowl is this. Tony Romo is incredibly stupid. He's stealing money. Worst color commentator in the history of televised sports. Wow. I thought he was doing fairly well for the most part. He was kind of measured. He wasn't yelling. All, I, he kind of got a little bit wild towards the end of the game, I thought. A little bit. Yeah. I thought he was okay for the most part. I he, thought he wasn't as annoying as, as as some of the times. He can't help himself. That's who he is. Just like 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 I've had people like tell me, like, why don't you why do you always yell on the radio? Like my wife. Why are you yelling already? Oh, you you got, can't calm you, yourself down. You got my question. But I can't. I can't, Bone. And the it's, same thing goes for Tony Romo. That's who he is. I guarantee you he watched a football game at the crib. That's the way he is. Oh, my God. Oh, you know, like, I don't think he can. I, I think that's who he is. I don't think he, like, I don't think he can reel that back in too far, Bone. No, you know? you, you're not going to change that. <laughs> By the way, I thought that the Kelsey-Andy Reid little dust up there. I thought we were going to see that on Friday with Flounder and Jeff Rickard here in the studio. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll talk about that later because we've got Tex Bone saying he should have been benched when he did it. Tex calling him uh, the show, the jerk that he is. We got another Tex Bone. Well, that's harsh. I didn't think I was that bad. No, no Kelsey. Oh, gotcha. Okay, thanks. Another Tex says that Kelsey should be suspended for the first eight games next eight season. Games. So we got a lot of people that got some ah. fire. I got to be honest. As a guy that is a big fan of Travis Kelsey, I didn't like that at all. That was a bad one. I look. didn't think that was freaking cool at all. This guy's a 65-year-old man. You're just barging into him. He almost went full Tommy with sword, head over heels. <laughs> like, I, I didn't. I thought that was overboard, no doubt about it. There were players tweeting out, Bone. Tyreek Hill was one of them. Former uh, Got involved. Uh, his former teammate. Um, there were a couple others, too. Uh, I forget who they were. Oh, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown tweeted this, and then Tyreek kind of like agreed with him. A.J. Brown said, if I do that, they're trying to run me out of the league. There was racial insinuations, Bone, yeah. being made a lot on Twitter, some by current players, that Kelsey, no one's going to be mad because, and, and, and attributing to race. Certainly an uh, interesting moment there. This segment is sponsored by Compassion International. Drought, war, and rising food prices have devastated families in poverty. $50 provides a food kit. To feed a family for a month, just text the word radio to 97646. That's 97646. We come back, we talk about the game and all things involving the Panthers. How do they get to this game next year, Mac? With Jim Zoki of the Panther Radio Network on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
buy a ticket. WFNZ, Mac and Bone with you, rolling through a Super Bowl Monday show. feel like we've done this before, not the Taylor Swift all day, the flounder is giving you, but I feel like we've done the Chiefs appreciation the day after the Super Bowl a few times. We're getting used to this right now. I do want to apologize, Bone, before we bring on our next guest, and I really should apologize to him, too, being an employee of the Carolina Panthers for, for decades. Um, that snark- He's the original Panther. That snarky comment, Bone Man. That uh, that I made about the Panthers when you asked, how did the Panthers get to the Super Bowl or whatever? And it was snarky. I love the Panthers. I thought it was off the air. I think Flounder framed me by keeping that mic on a second longer uh, where I said, get buy a ticket. Yep. I did not mean for that to be on the air, Panthers. I am sorry. I am still just a little bone unnerved. At the direction of the franchise lately, but I do not want to present that on these airwaves. I apologize, In a man. segment All sponsored right. by Compassion International. You had no compassion whatsoever. <laughs> I literally oh, just God. read, have some compassion. My you had bad. None of Panther Nation, my bad. We got to have good vibes, baby. We got Dan and Dave on the case. Because we don't need that sort of snark from me, y'all. One year from today, we could be celebrating the Panther Super Bowl. You're right, man. You are right. Was Little Mac going to win it on Madden? <laughs> Why? Bone, I feel you like... You can't help yourself, man. I feel like we got to crawl before we can walk. Let's not do this thing yeah. where we create ridiculously lofty expectations. Like, let's ask for six or seven wins, man, and call it improvement. Yeah, I was just joking. Anyway. That's where I am, baby. All right? Do you think I will stay that way, Bone, through training camp? No. Six and seven wins is a good season. All right, anyway, no. let's bring on our next guest, uh, who uh, I'm told Bone was uh, was uh, hurt and, and, and deeply saddened by that snarky remark from me. He is Jim Zoki, Panther Radio Network, and he's on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Zoke, Happy New Year, man. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, that's a lot of controversy on a Monday morning, and uh, I like how you followed up your apology with an immediate snarky comment. I know, I can't <laughs> help myself. I want to slap myself. You're a Panther fan, Max. Right, Stop I, this. So, Self-hating. So, go allow me for a minute, Mac, right now, so Zoki and I can hear it nice and clear. Smack yourself right in the face. There it is right here. Oh, ouch, that third one oh, hurt. Geez. Holy Whoa, crap. Wow. Too aggressive. Why did I yeah, do that wait. to myself? Did I deserve all that? This it was a funny a, joke. This is a Travis Kelsey Andy <laughs> Reid moment here with, with himself. <laughs> so uh, another championship for the Chiefs and their dynasty. We'll, we'll talk about the ins and outs of how it happened. But overall, uh, in terms of playing the quarterback position, have, have we ever seen anyone better from a pure talent standpoint than Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, that's a great way of framing it. Yeah, from a pure the talent, I don't know that we ever have. I mean, obviously, you know, Brady with the championships and uh, the clutch performances to get to seven Super Bowl titles. But in terms of just pure abilities, um, he's amazing. I mean, just there's so many plays, obviously, where you think he's he's going to be sacked or there's just not going to be a chance to complete a pass, and he just defies gravity and arm angles and all the things that he does. So, yeah, it's, it's really like watching, you know, in in real time, instead of going back and watching highlights of some past performer in, in this league, you know, watching him and knowing that he's probably, you know, probably at most halfway through what he's going to do. I think he probably could win a few more and, 
they're a dynasty already, but uh, to put himself right up there with, with Brady and all-time greats in terms of championships. So what we were talking about a couple Kyle Shanahan decisions, and obviously, you know, the hindsight's uh, twenty twenty. Obviously, we can see it clearly here. But the new overtime rules in the postseason for the first time, and he took uh, the ball, which allowed once KC got a stop, you know, Kansas City knew what they needed. Um, uh, they were able to use a fourth down at one point, you know, because they knew, hey, we got to at least get down to the field goal range. Did you? Th- what did you think of that? And do you? And do you think that was that a mistake? And do you think Shanahan should have cons- should have gone for it, fourth and four, knowing that a field goal might just be enough to lose to Mahomes on the ensuing drive? What did you think about those two decisions in overtime? I think you know, quickly on fourth and four. I think you do have to kick the field goal because it's four. But I do think. I didn't understand taking the ball first. You're right. I mean, it, there's just no reason to have to go first. I mean, you get to know if the other team goes and what they get. If they get zero, three, or seven, how to react because now you then you would go for fourth and four if it's the other way and they've scored a touchdown in front of you. So to me, it's like I didn't. That seems like such a no brainer. I don't understand you. That's like a hundred percent of the time. I feel like you would take the ball second in, with these overtime rules. So I thought that was odd. To, to what? Why would you want to go first and not the other team? then have the opportunity to do what you could have done, which is use four downs to try to you know, counter whatever you might have done. End of the game, you know, the obvious thing would be to do what the Niners did, kick the field goal, you know, mm-hmm. make the make the Chiefs beat you on a touchdown on their possession. But is there there's a world, though, where you could see why they may have gone for it, right? Because, you know, you're going against Patrick Mahomes, not an average guy. Do you think it was – in hindsight, the right decision to kick the field goal, or do you think there's an, maybe a way they should have gone for it there? I just think you know these are two great defenses, so I understand it. You don't want to lose the game as much as you're trying to win the game there. So I, I get. I didn't have a big issue with that. I think you take your chances. You go to overtime, and as the referee said, it's a new game. So I just feel like yeah, you you, you played them even through through regulation. You take your chances in overtime, and it just didn't work out for them. All right, we're talking with Jim Zoki. Uh, view from the booth. We're talking some Super Bowl. Zoke was dialed in on the big game like basically the whole free world was. I, we do want to get your thoughts on some stuff going on with the Panthers. We hadn't really talked to you since a lot of these offseason changes took place. What did you think about uh, about the hiring of Dave Canales? And what's your feeling about the staff he's putting together? He keeps Averro. That's huge. What, what's your feeling about the coaching staff right now? Yeah, I like I like the structure of everything they're doing, and we'll see you know how that plays out over the next couple of years. As you guys were kind of alluding to, it doesn't appear to be a one year fix; so it's be a multiple year fix trying to get to where they want to be. But I like the fact that first of all, they hired the GM first um, because I think that should be involved in hiring the head coach, and then somebody that has a history that is recommended by the general manager, which was Dave Canales, obviously there, and the fact that he could bring so much of his. Offensive staff, and obviously he's got a history with the quarterbacks coach they announced the other day, uh, keeping a Jero Averro's defense, which I think, you know, again, if, if they play good offense, I think we could see, you know, a, a higher evolution of that defense where they can gamble more and get after the quarterback more, try to get more takeaways as opposed to playing it safe and just trying to contain other teams and not give up big plays. So just from a structural standpoint, again, you're competing against 31 other teams out there all trying to get to the same place. Uh, it's going to take some time. I think we all need to be patient, as you said earlier. Um, but I, I like the approach of what they're trying to do. And from everything that we've heard about, you know, Dave Canales, he's, he's well-regarded, well-liked. Uh, we know that he is something of a quarterback whisperer. But, you know, that doesn't always translate in this league to being a head coach and success. 
but he certainly has you know the pedigree. He's got 12 years in this league where I, I think he deserves a chance to show that he could do it. We're talking to Jim Zoki, Panther Radio Network here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline on the Mac and Bone Show. Zoke, Canales is coming off two major reconstruction projects in Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield. Bryce Young's not there for that yet, but when you look at where Bryce needs to improve the most before he becomes that, where do you think that is and what Canales has to really work on with Bryce Young the most? Yeah, I think, you know, again, this is just one aspect of it, but I think, you know, one of the things he specifically alluded to that was football was the 2.7 seconds. And I think with Bryce Young, I mean, that's going to have to be it. It doesn't always play out that way, but that should be the goal. Is I think with Bryce, I mean, he, yeah, he can get out of the pocket and run, and that could be part of 2.7 as he gets out and runs. Is that, you know, I think his success is going to be on the things that he brought into this league, which are accuracy in the throws, uh, quick decision making. So he has those tools at his disposal where not every quarterback that comes in the league has that. So he can process quickly. He can deliver the ball quickly, and he has shown in the past he can be an accurate thrower of the ball. So I think that's where the success is, and that they really fine-tune that aspect of the passing game with him. I think him lingering in the pocket and, and, and dancing around in the trees out there just doesn't really go anywhere. He should be able to take off a run or throw it in the dirt or whatever. But I, I do think that's going to be kind of like you know the benchmark of uh, how you improve Bryce and get the most out of him as a quarterback. Zoke, there was a report uh, yesterday, I think Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, that the Panthers intend to do all they can to keep Frankie Louvu. And the talk should heat up at Combine Week when the agents, you know, are around the teams in Indy and all that stuff. Um, what do you think? Like, do you view, because a lot of fans look at it as, well, I want Louvu back. I want Brown re-signed. So why don't we tag and trade Burns? I really want to get greedy and find a way to keep all three of those. Do you think that's doable? And if they do try to keep all three, do you worry then it's at the expense of not having enough resources on offense? No, I think I would do. I'd like to see all three come back. And I think, you know, Brian Burns, you know, people talk about his numbers being down. We well, never had, as we all know, the complimentary bookend to take that pressure off him where other teams could simply game plan around what side of the football he was on. We know Brian Burns is a great player. Derek Brown has become, you know, one of the top defensive tackles in this league. And Frankie Luba just gets better and better every year and has also become a team leader. I think the other thing about this, you know, team that's been lacking that they don't have a lot of is, is culture. And I think, you know, with guys like that, I mean, especially Lubu out of all those guys, he's kind of become more vocal is guys that have been here for a little bit, have some history and can lend to a culture of, of trying to turn this thing around. So I like all of that. And, you know, again, we, we always are so worried about the banking account. And then we sit there and watch Christy McCaffrey play at a Super Bowl. You know, who are we paying, you know, tons and tons of money to? We're not, we, we're not a big budget team to begin with. So yeah, keep around some of your benchmark guys. There are always ways around it. I mean, everybody talks about the huge Deshaun Watson contract in Cleveland. You know, every year they renegotiate that thing and, and kick the money down the road. So there are always ways of taking today's money and making it tomorrow's problem. And just, you know, eventually that cap goes up every year. It just becomes more and more absorbed into future salary caps. Zoke, how special was it for you the other night to, when the news broke that Julius Peppers is going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year as a guy that witnessed his entire career here from stint one to the end of stint two. Well, obviously it's fantastic. And I think also the fact that he got in on the first ballot, I'm glad they didn't try to, you know, there's some people that vote that just won't do first ballot for you know, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, whatever it is. So the fact that he got in on the first, I think puts that in special category. But when you're talking about 
one of the all-time greats uh, who did it over 17 years, fourth in the league in quarterback sacks, the touchdowns that he scored as a defensive lineman. I mean, it's just uh, it was an amazing career, and he really was a one-of-a-kind athlete. And I, re- I remember going to ACC tournament basketball games here and watching him play two years of basketball with North Carolina. So, yeah, watching him kind of grow up in this state and, and become what he did as, as a college player and then become a, a rookie that was really kind of shy and quiet and not very vocal at all and, and became this, you know, well-spoken, mature businessman on and off the field, uh, just watching him completely uh, mature and grow before our eyes into one of the all-time greats to ever play that position was so well-deserved. So, last thing, what do you think about Luke Keekley? Like, Smitty, as much as it sucks, and I feel like he should be in by now, you know, he's everybody will tell you, oh, it's the log jam of wide receivers, and one of them went with Andre Johnson. But Luke Keekley, like, do you think Luke gets in right away? Because the, I, I wonder if he's got to wait a little bit like Patrick Willis did. They had very similar careers just because it was only eight years long. What do you think about Luke in the hall? I was going to say that, you know, the Patrick Willis template, it doesn't have to play out exactly that way, but it, it shows you probably about how that may go with Luke Keekley. Very, very similar uh, careers and length of service uh, in this league. Uh, we'll be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame for sure, just a matter of which year it happens in for him. So it may not be the first year. And I think Steve Smith will absolutely get in. Um, and as you said, there's just so many players that uh, have the – similar numbers, but as we see each Chris Carter and those type of players get in, you can make the case more and more for Steve Smith that he definitely had the same type of career and in many cases better career than some of those type of players. So for Smitty, it will happen. I hate that he's got to keep waiting. He is a Hall of Famer. And for Luke Keekley, it'll be sooner than later for him for sure, too. Do you think that Keekley's uh, chances that the Hall of Fame will be impacted by him going on national radio last week and admitting that he likes the Mac and Bone Joe? <laughs> That is something they factor everything in for. Um, so I think that the ideal would be, honestly, that you guys just turn the whole thing into a positive and you become the presenters in Canton with the yellow jacket. That's when right. That moment uh, comes. Good point. How much do you really I, like I, us, Luke? You yeah, know. he's got choices. He's got TD. He's got Greg Olson, Cam Newton. There's many that could do it. But for you guys to go up there would yes. be kind of groundbreaking and I think funnier yes. than most of the <laughs> Yes, that is the move. We have to politic Luke Bone. We have at least a year, maybe, un- maybe unfortunately a couple of years. We've got to uh, break through on this. Doki, our mutual friend John Halpin tweeted us the other day about that moment, about Keekly praising us. He said it could have been A.J. Klein that said it. <laughs> <laughs> and Too also, sure. A.J. Klein's still playing football. That's so true. he could go to Canton, and you guys could maybe present for him. If <laughs> Even if it's by accident. All um, right, Zoke, you the man. Thank you, brother. All right, guys. Have a great day. All right, Jim Zoki of you from the booth. This segment is brought to you by ExpressPros.com. Make hiring easier with the workforce experts. Let the people at Express Employment Professionals find you the right fit. Hiring is about people, not algorithms. Visit ExpressPros.com. We come back. Weekend conclusions, Mac, including a sporting event that's on our bucket list that's gotten way out of hand. We explain. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. song am i thinking about kelsey barging into andy reed and then screaming at him there was some bad blood there was some bad blood there there were some signs bone of the chiefs coming undone which is uncharacteristic Uh 
uh, multiple team meetings on the sideline. Chris Jones yelling at the defense. Matt Nagy yelling at the offense. You had Reed and Kelsey, which was not the coolest thing Kelsey's ever done at all, for God's sakes. But uh, they pulled themselves together, man. They pulled themselves together. Felt like they adjusted on both sides of the ball. And uh, they end up getting another Lombardi. Three rings in five years. We'll have all the legacy conversations coming up, Bone, in terms of dynasty. Is this a di- Do we rank this among the NFL dynasties? Mahomes, goat tracker. We'll do the Mahomes goat tracker. <laughs> we'll do the Andy Reid. How high does he go on the greatest coach ever tracker list? So all those combos need to happen. We haven't really talked much about commercials yet today, Mac, have we here on uh, Weekend Conclusions? Might be a good time for that. I actually think, Mac, your uh, your hair restoration ad might have been our best. Com- oh, we're talking about Super Bowl commercials. <laughs> I, I thought the Duncan one with Affleck, Hell yeah. Matt Damon and Tom Brady. I like the ones that incorporate celebrities and kind of odd spots. I thought that one was probably my favorite. The one with the, the Bud Light Genie, where all of a sudden Peyton Manning pops up and they're making all these wishes. I thought that was pretty cool, too. I went, uh, I went Duncan as my favorite one yesterday. That yeah, I think that it. was the coolest one. The Dunk Kings, baby. Yeah. We had a texter, Ishmael, that said he would rather see the Dunk Kings perform than Usher at halftime. <laughs> that was, that was, hey, he went hard for your boy bone. He went right up in Usher's kitchen. Was there a bet on when he would take his shirt off? Because I didn't think about I didn't think that there was just a will he take his shirt off. Oh, was there? Yeah. And that was a no brainer. I don't know any of his songs except one, and I knew that. My first conclusion, Bone, is that I have a serious blind spot. Like, for Usher. Like, I don't know what I was doing with my life when people your age, Bone, were younger than me. You were in radio. You were, you were already in radio in that time. You got, you were, you've been in radio since, what, 1996? So you yeah. were focused on your task at hand there, probably. You probably weren't. Were, it's probably like me with musicians now. I don't know what's going on. Half the time. I, I just, I don't know. Like, I have never had a halftime show like that where I'm just like, what's this song? You know what I mean? And I couldn't even figure out who the performers were with them. I mean, maybe I'm just getting old and maybe I need to be age shamed here today. But I feel like there's a real sweet spot for Usher. Like I saw like every celebrity that tweeted out how great Usher was because there were people saying this is the greatest ever. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is one where I literally like didn't care if I went to the bathroom and had to, you know, do business or something like. And I was looking at everybody's age, everybody's age bone, 38, 40. 39, 36. It feels like that's the sweet spot age. You know how our listeners, uh, we had one of our listeners, Lara, say to me about Usher, oh, that's a soundtrack of all my middle school dances. I actually saw a celebrity tweet that same thing out. Um, And my breakups. uh, You know, and you said something about it, whatever, in school. And this was like, I just, I don't know if I'm the only dude that's like 50 years old or around 50 that has this blind spot. I just paid attention to only the one with Little John. Like, I just, every other Usher song, like, even this Love in the Club, I didn't even know that song. People are like, he played Love in the Club. I'm like, man, I don't think I've ever, like, how do I have this blind spot, Bone? It's it was, an amazing occurrence. It was basically now, that's what I call music volume three, all on one stage. <laughs> it was, it was, lime, it was LimeWire. It was everything from the early 2000s, like, right there. And I got, the one that fired me up the most, though, when my guy Luda came up. He also goes by the full name Luda Chris. But he came out there. That's one of my guys, man. I loved Luda back in the day. <laughs> Lude A. Chris. Is that his full name? Lude, middle initial A. Chris. Mac, I have a blind spot, and I think you do too, for something else going on right now. I know the name. I know him by sight. But Burt Kreischer, the comedian that goes shirtless, that's his thing, right, on stage, 
He was heavily involved in the, the Cam podcast the other day. In the background, he was on there with Olsen and Cam. He wasn't wearing a shirt. He kind of looks like me a little bit. I've noticed that there. But, man, are, are we supposed to be Burt Kreischer guys? Should we know more about this guy? Is he good? Is he Mac and Bone worthy? I don't know enough about his stand-up to know if I should know about Burt Kreischer more than I do. Anything here on so this? So you've also got a blind spot. Well, here's the problem. I don't really know anything either about Burt Kreischer to the point where I asked you this morning, who is this dude with his shirt off hanging out with Greg and Camp? Yeah. And it was Burt Kreischer. I don't know. Maybe I've got – maybe I have a lot of blind spots. Maybe I'm not paying attention to anything. Maybe I'm literally paying attention to sports and Pearl Jam, and that's like it. Because <laughs> I, I see the name, but I don't – is he is he one of us, Mac? Is Burt Kreischer one of us? Is he worth it? Is he worth us going to check him out? I'm a shirt off man. You know what I mean? You know I'm big on my shirt off. Yeah. You know, so I, he's got that shirt off energy. I'm down with that right now. Um, anyway, all right. So uh, Boney and I got blind spots. We must admit that, that we do have blind spots. Bone Man, I also need to mention uh, something as well. You might be, you know, I don't want to get political here, but you've got to give some credit to whoever runs Joe Biden's Twitter account. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Joe does not run his own Twitter account. I'm sure that's going to lead some jokes on the text line. But that was beautifully played. They acknowledged all the crazy conspiracy theories that Taylor Swift is some sort of government operative and the Super Bowl's rigged and she's going to, you know, um, uh, endorse Biden after the Super Bowl, all that crazy stuff. The Joe Biden Twitter account had the picture of Joe with the laser eyes. You know, the laser eyes they used to use for Fitty back, oh. when, we, back when we liked Fitty and oh, we took yeah. his lasers away. Um, and it's and it said uh, it said just like we drew it up. That is very well played. Joe might have already been in bed. He might have been asleep for an hour and a half by the time that game ended. I'm not sure. But whoever ran that account, that's well played, man. Yeah, this doesn't this this gets political, and then the script writers get involved. And the script writer theories get involved that this whole thing was was laid out uh possibly years in advance. That the Chiefs winning with Taylor Swift watching is a it's a decade long plan. And that's why that's beautiful, man. Like, acknowledge it. Have some fun with it. Like, I'm I'm glad that the, that the president's account did that. Whoever tweeted that out. Mac, I want to give a shout-out to a coworker who showed this weekend what kind of person he is and how dedicated he is to what he loves most in life. The other day, Mac, we don't do this often, but it was pretty harmless. The great Smoke Ludwig left his Twitter account up in the studio. So Mac and I were here, and I said, what would Smoke tweet out in the morning? We tweeted out, woke up this morning, and my first thought was about how great Ricky Rudd was, the NASCAR driver. <laughs> we then realized throughout the day, that tweet's not coming. People are commenting on it, sharing stories about Ricky Rudd. And we're watching this thing develop here. We know it, it's not coming down. That thing stayed all the way up, Mac, until I got to talk to Smoke on the pregame show right before 7 p.m. And I said, Smoke, uh, I almost had to admit it. I said, Smoke, he goes, yeah, I saw the Ricky Rudd tweet. I kind of liked it. Because it got a discussion going about Ricky Rudd. Hey, y'all. How are you remembering him? He was happy that we put up that tweet for him. <laughs> he didn't get mad. He didn't complain. No, he was excited that he put up a tweet without having to do it about the great Ricky Rudd. Did he go on and wax poetic about uh, Ricky Rudd winning at Martinsville while burning his back? Um, it was so hot in the car that the metal seat got so hot that it burned his back. They had to literally like carry him out Jeez. of the car. Mm. Ricky ah. Rudd, American badass. Um, uh, all right. Let me, I, again, I got a daughter that's 11 years old. All right. Uh, I don't know if this is a thing that any of y'all experience. My daughter is addicted to target at the age of 11. 
Her mother has uh, been addicted to Target as long as I've known her, all right? <laughs> but does anybody else have a daughter around 11 and they are addicted to Target? You know how, uh, I don't know about your era, Bone, but my era, we would hang out at the mall a lot. You know what I mean? Just kind of walk around. I don't know if now it's shifted to kids hanging out at Target. Her and her friends want to go to Target every weekend. I don't know how Caitlin still has money to spend at Target to buy this ridiculous crap that they buy. Her friend's bone went to Target Friday night and Saturday. And for the Saturday trip bone, I walked around the store and read my phone for 45 minutes. It's no fun for the parents whatsoever. Uh, At what point has she bought every goofy thing? at Target that we are done going to Target. How is is this a thing? Is this the middle school girl hangout Target? Because that ain't fun for dad. couple things here. You should have gone Burt Kreischer at Target. <laughs> that will, yeah. That will get her to want to leave Target immediately. Mac is too loud. Also, what's, yeah, that would do what's it. What's today's date? The 12th? 12th, right? Uh, my Target bill's due today. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. You a big Target guy too, uh, Bone You know, I I partake. Yeah, you know, it's it's got it's got. Uh, oh, well, how about this? It's got all your wants and needs, no you matter can, who you are. I would like you to take Caitlin and her friends next time. You can do your shopping, and then they can do their I've shopping. I tried to tell Flounder right. before if you go on Saturdays and Sundays, Flounder, and you get in the mix of the Starbucks at the Target. That's that's the baddie zone. That's where the ladies yeah, hang Yeah, Flound, how about you take my daughter and her friends to Target, and you go there and see if you can meet any ladies. Because I got no interest in meeting ladies. I got no interest in shopping at Target. I just want to be on the couch, man. I that's feel I like that be. borders on creepy, but sure, I appreciate the <laughs> I trust the you, Uncle Flound. Okay. I trust Uncle okay. Flound, there's man. No way, people are pointing out there's no way that Mac doesn't go to the Pizza Hut inside the Target, though. It's <laughs> oh, yeah. hot inside the Target. You don't have that here? No, we don't have oh, that. Which, the... which one do you go to? Though? I go to the Weddington Target. Oh, we yeah. We Starbucks. The, like one, in, the one in Monroe has the Pizza Hut inside. Monroe's got the Pizza Hut <laughs> It does. It does. I didn't personal, even know that was a thing. Personal pans right there on the heater, man. Well, right that'll there. occupy me for a good 45 <laughs> minutes. Go over there and get my personal pizza. They that's a good idea, y'all. Breadsticks, <laughs> pasta. Oh, that's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole thing over there. <laughs> when we come back, the Chiefs do it against. Surely, it is now a dynasty How hated will they be over time, though? Sports Radio, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.